0: If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Coffee in California Politics. Um, As always, we'll give it a little bit of a minute to let people hop on um, and get started with today's video. Uh, because today is going to be all about this new Bill SB 866, which was introduced by Dr. Richard Pan. That's right. He's, he's a doctor. So obviously you have to listen to everything he says because he's a doctor and he's a pediatrician. Um, first off, a couple of announcements and stuff to talk about before we get started. The Cal Publican event was last night. Thank you to everybody who came out. Uh, It was a good showing. I think there's a lot of enthusiasm about the Calipublican platform and what's happening. If you are not familiar with what I'm talking about, I would suggest you go check it out. There's a whole Instagram page already started. uh, Calipublican. It's very easy. It's Calipublican. um, All one word. And you can go check it out there. I've been posting a lot about it. So there's going to be more events. There's going to be more events and there's going to be... more in-person events uh, we kicked around the idea of like maybe a virtual event because a lot of you reached out and said hey I want to join or I want to be a part of it but um, I'm in NorCal or something like that so I can't get there or I'm in, in Orange County um, so there's, there's a lot of statewide interest which I'm really happy to see and I think there's a lot of people who are really interested in this because they want to see a platform that provides solutions and real real solutions to real California problems um, so that's That's, uh, that's the one announcement. Um, every other event has been going well, um, tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon, sorry, tomorrow afternoon, I'll have Cole Brocado on who is running for the 38th district, uh, assembly here. Uh, and we're going to talk about his race and as always, you know, 2022 is going to be a busy year. We're going to have a lot of candidates on. We're gonna have a lot of people talk to, um, next week after that, uh, next Thursday, we're having Mark Mauser on. Um, who is running for U.S. Senate. So there's going to be a lot of candidates coming up so that they can be highlighted and you can know more about them. And it's going to be really focused on these California policies and these California politics um, propositions as they come out, which ones we know, uh, we will get into and we'll break them down and, and kind of see whether you agree with them. Maybe you don't agree with them. That's fine. We've done that before where we just took an entire coffee in California politics. And we just sat and talked about one proposition and people kind of chimed in whether they agreed or not. Um, So, yeah. And as always, the point of coffee in California politics is that we get to sit and discuss uh, California politics over coffee, as always, um, as I take a little sip of my coffee. Um, But I'm going to talk about this bill. Bill from Dr. Richard Pan, because a lot of people have been sending me stuff about this. Um, Calipublican needs to follow you. Well, it's funny cause they're sort of like coinciding, but um, I think it follows me. But anyway, uh, this new bill SB 866, which a lot of people have been sending me stuff about, and I really just dug into it today. Now, if you don't know who Richard Pan is, Richard Pan is one of the most far left uh, assembly legislators Uh, well, he's not actually assembly. He's a senator now. He was assembly for a while, and then he moved up the ranks. He was promoted to senator. He's one of those far left politicians, and he's one of the crazy ones. He's one of the kooky ones along with Scott Wiener. I think Scott Wiener introduced this bill. And if you don't remember Scott Wiener, Scott Wiener was the one who uh, introduced the bill that got passed regarding whether or not minors could consent to or young people it was like an age thing about like people consenting to sexual interactions with each other and even if you're like a minor you're under 18 um it was a really weird bill that you looked at and go this is really our top priority while the state is on fire like that's really your your top priority so guys like richard pan and scott weiner um they always seem to have people's uh best interests at heart and i say that sarcastically because they introduced this bill and it's gotten a lot of parents who have been sending me messages about this obviously upset because it's now requiring it goes even farther than noodles, old vaccine mandate for all students in school. It goes even farther than that. And we're going to talk about the bill itself. We're gonna talk about a previous bill as well that got rid of personal beliefs and religious exemptions from vaccinations. This was back in 2015. They were already doing this um and we're gonna talk about richard pan himself uh you know not surprising you follow the money as i always say just follow the money with these politicians it's all out there in the public and you can just follow the money and see who's really putting the money in their pocket uh this article is from california globe and it's mandatory covid vaccine for all california school children under new bill according to the bill's author senator richard pan of sacramento all school children would be required to receive the COVID-19 vaccine by 2023. Now I'll stop right there. Um, If this was such an emergency, right? If this was such an emergency, I don't know why we're waiting until 2023. So they're acting as if like we're doing this because we want to take a proactive stance and we want to keep children and and families safe, but it doesn't go in effect for a whole year. So I guess what happens in between now and, and then is yet to be seen. Now, a lot of the vaccine mandates are being challenged in court. Groups like Let Them Choose or Let Them Breathe are really doing a great job kind of pushing back on them in the courts. um, And we'll see where those kind of go. Uh, But the fact that it's already 2023 means that it's probably not that big of an emergency if we have the time to wait an entire year to really get this under control. I mean, the bill is already enacted. I guess they're just waiting until it can get to Noodle's desk and all that stuff. Uh, the vaccine would be added to the current list of inoculations to attend public or private school in California between K through 12. Unlike previous vaccine mandates, the bill would not be contingent on US FDA administration, FDA approval. So there could be a vaccine out there um, that is not FDA approved. And in, in the state of California, that's fine. They'll recommend it or require it for your child to get it to go to public school in addition the bill also known as the keep schools open and safe act and i love these names that they always give them they're always like the biggest bs names that you ever hear um, it's like how prop 47 and prop 57 were labeled something like keep neighborhoods safe act or something like that when in reality after prop 47 and prop 57 passed um it <laughs> Crime, as we know, has gotten a lot worse in California, especially petty theft and petty crimes like that. Um, it would supersede a noodles vaccine mandate for school children. While it would require the vaccine like the mandate, it would expand and remove the medical and religious exemption, something that a governor cannot do, but that the legislature can. Um, already, this is probably going to run afoul of multiple lawsuits now. The first amendment, as I understand it still is the law of the entire country and still supersedes an enormous amount of, of state law and state constitutions. Um, and even the California constitution guarantees a right to religious freedom. Uh, so this is probably likely going to run into some sort of lawsuit. Now, the issue is, is that there's already been a bill out there since 2015, um, Someone says, I looked it up. We are one of two states that even require students K through 12 to get a vaccine. We're already moving toward limiting exemptions. This isn't California leading the nation. It's California all alone. Yeah. Uh, so we're moving the religious exemption um, is a big deal. I think there's you're going to see a lot of lawsuits. And this is, again, why I think the culture around politics has really, really changed, because before in 2015, How many people show of hands were really nerding out on this stuff, right? How many people were kind of watching these bills come through and see this stuff happening and and, and kind of raising a fuss or calling their representatives and pushing back on this? Not a lot. I would venture that not a lot of people were doing this back in the day in 2015 because things were essentially, you know, everything was kind of moving along just fine and people were like, oh, they pass all these bills. But now i think it's a whole different culture and i think there's a lot of people who are really invested in what's passing what's going on they may have not even known who their representative was whether it's their assemblyman or their state senator they had no idea and they didn't really care to be honest um they just figured things were just moving along yeah california is a little kooky and a little progressive and it's expensive to live here um but now i think there's a a, a and I'm using the uh, professional term, a crap ton more people who are paying attention to this stuff. And this stuff is getting huge news and it's getting headline news and people are obviously pushing back and there's most likely going to be a slew of lawsuits that are going to happen if they try and enact this. It's still going through the Senate. So um, it still has to go through the process. So we'll see if it it kind of was introduced and maybe it gets taken, you know, maybe it dies in, in a, in some sort of procedural move um but this is stuff that they've they and, and this is stuff that they've been doing for a while getting rid of religious and personal belief exemptions and we're going to go over that bill from 2015 in a minute but this is stuff that frankly has been going on for a while and i'm glad that a lot of people are waking up now it's very important that people are waking up now to it uh but it, it's going to take a lot of work to kind of change it and, and move it or change it and turn things around. But if you're already tuning in here and you're nerding out with me on politics on a Wednesday morning, that's already a good start. That already shows that you are taking an active role in learning more about politics. Um, so it, as it says, the new bill will closely follow SB 277. That's the old law of 2015 that removed personal belief exemptions from vaccines that were required for public and private schools in 2015. A Senator Pan noted on Monday in a press release following the passage of two seven, seven SB 277, seven years ago, Vaccines drastically increased among school children. Well, I mean, yeah, if you require people to get something, it's amazing what happens when you require a person to get something. Uh, otherwise, their kid can't go to school. Naturally, there's going to be a lot more vaccinations. Um, Senator, bill wrote, Senator Pam wrote the bill that was introduced on Monday not only to increase COVID-19 vaccination rates, like what SB277 did for measles and other disease, but to keep schools open in the coming years in case of any future COVID-19 outbreaks. As the parent of two school students, I understand parents need confidence and certainty that their school's child's school is safe and can be in person, said Senator Pan on Monday. The most effective way to keep schools open and safe is to ensure the COVID vaccination rate of students and school staff is as high as possible in addition to mass testing, and good ventilation to minimize infections. My legislation will give parents great certainty that their child is unlikely to get seriously sick and their school will stay open during COVID. There's a lot to unpack. Um, First off, uh, as a parent of two school students, it is your right to make the decision for your school children, whatever you want. Um, You can do whatever you want with your child or I mean, you can do whatever you want with your child, but it's your decision. It's your own personal family decision. And again, this is sort of the philosophy of the left and status like this is they take a position and believe that the best way to do anything is to have it be at the force of the government. And they take their personal position and they go, well, I believe this is correct. So therefore, everybody in California also has to believe it's correct, whether you agree with me or not. And I'm going to make it illegal if you don't agree with me. Um, there is no dissent amongst the left. You're they, 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 sign things into law and you have to listen to it. They don't allow people to make their own decisions. If he wants to do this for his own students and he talks to his doctor or he is a pediatrician, he can look at the information and say, this is a good idea for my, my, my children go right ahead. But I'm sure there's plenty of parents who are going to go, well, I don't agree with him. I don't want to do it. Um, Someone mentioned he is a lame duck senator. Yeah. I heard that he, he's terming out this year, so that's probably why he's falling on his sword in terms of bringing this out and taking all the heat. Um, that's one of the most dangerous things is an assemblyman or a senator who is terming out. In California, there are term limits. You can only be in the Assembly or the Senate for a certain amount of years. Even if you jump from Assembly to Senate, you can only serve for a certain amount of years. So California does have term limits. You can only be around for a certain amount of time. But the most dangerous thing is the fact that once they know they can't come back and they're done and there's nothing, they, they never have to worry about re-election. That's when they can really introduce the scariest bills because they go, well, I'm not being re-elected, so I'm just gonna go ahead and, and push this out there. And it's likely the party finds these people and goes, hey, you're gonna introduce this bill because you're terming out and you're not gonna get any political ramifications from this. Um, but anyway, as you're saying, that's your choice. If that's what you wanna do for your school children, that's what you can do right if it's if the FDA approves it and says hey it's safe for children to take and that's your decision that should be your decision and just because he likes to put the moniker of well I'm a doctor and I'm a pediatrician yeah but you're not the pediatrician you know like you're not the only pediatrician in the entire state and I'm sure there's plenty of people who disagree with you and I'm sure there's families who have their own pediatricians who believe what they're saying because they know their children's medical history or they know what's going on. And so for him to just kind of make this blanket statement, well, this is how we're going to do things because I believe it's the best way to do it. um, It's just is a common tactic of, of status on the left is that they just think my opinion is correct. And it's so correct that I should make it illegal for you to disagree with me. And that's, that's, that's not uncommon for them to see. Um, so he says that the way to keep schools open is obviously get vaccinations as high as possible. Uh, sounds like masks are not going away anytime soon in math, uh, in schools, uh, testing and good ventilation. Um, good ventilation. They've been talking about that for a long time. Teachers union protested over that. Uh, they said that every school should be updated with new ventilation. I don't know if that means you have to rip out all the ventilation or put in like some sort of stuff that. I, I don't know it, you, you know can you put like a new filter in or something like that I don't know um health and school officials praise the new bill um let's see Los Angeles unified here our students and employees the save well been a top priority for Los Angeles unified yep as Los Angeles unified board president Kelly gomez we have maintained continuity of instruction while establishing the large blah 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 Okay, California Medical Association President Robert E. Wales also approved of the bill on Monday, explaining that as COVID cases and hospitalizations of children are rising due to more infectious variants, we know that vaccination is our greatest defense. Too many children are not fully vaccinated, and let for all but serious disease of uh, these governors, appreciates the leadership of Doctor Richard Pan for working to protect children's health and their right to safe schools. Um. Parent and school groups who are currently fighting against SB 866, 12 years old and up, uh, came out in opposition to Pan's bill on Monday, saying that went too far and that exemptions have been added for a reason. This new bill just proves that California politicians don't give a damn about people's rights, said Chip Garnett, a parental group leader at a school district in San Diego County to The Globe on Monday. You could have a legit medical problem or a religious belief that won't allow a vaccination. But this bill pretty much says this tramples over your religious rights. Uh, And not only that, it's another vaccine our kids have to get. That part isn't so big, but just the thought that a vaccine, which according to the bill, would need to be FDA approved, would not need FDA approval, be added as a regular inoculation is astounding. I'm beginning to think that Dr. Pan's medical degree is only an honorary one because other doctors have told us that exemptions are needed for some kids who may not be able to handle the vaccine. A lot of kids don't have great reactions to them. They can be out for days, get chills that last a long time, boil up and all sorts of things. I know that's just the body's reaction, but seriously, no other tried and tested vaccine does that to that extent. So that's the update on the entire bill. And, um, you know, you can go read the bill for yourself. SB 866 but I want to talk about this other bill SB 277 that was approved as of June 30th 2015. This is the bill that really kind of paved the way for where we are at right now. It says existing law prohibits the governing authority of a school or institution from unconditionally admitting any person as a pupil of any public or private elementary or secondary school, child care center, day nursery, nursery school, family day care home, or development center unless prior to his or her admission to that institution he or she has been fully immunized against various diseases including measles mumps and a pertussis pertussis per subject to any spe- specific age criteria existing law authorizes an exemption from those provisions for medical reasons or because of personal beliefs yeah that's how the law should be Its specified forms are submitted to the governing authority. Existing law requires the governing authority of a school or other institution to require documentary proof of each entrance immunization status. Existing law authorizes the governing authority of a school or other institution to temporarily exclude a child from the school or institution if the authority has good cause to believe the child is being exposed to some of these diseases. This bill would eliminate the exemption from existing specified immunization, immunization requirements based on personal beliefs right there in black. Okay. Pertussis is whooping cough. Okay. See, I, I knew a parent would know what, what I was talking about. Um, this bill would eliminate the personal exemption from existing specific, specified immunization requirements based on personal leaves, but would allow exemption from future immunization requirements deemed appropriate by the state department of public health for either medical reasons or personal beliefs. So, this bill basically took away all of the, the exemptions for personal beliefs for any vaccinations for kids going into all of these different institutions. But now the state, but did you see the, the switch that they did there? Instead of saying you have these already as personal beliefs and you have these religious rights already because you exist as a human. And that's the whole point of the constitution is that you, you have these inalienable rights, um, as a human in this on this planet and specifically in this country of these inalienable rights that should not be infringed upon and the government cannot infringe upon them that was the whole point of the bill of rights was hey these are the rights we have that come from our creator or whoever you believe is your creator and you the government can't trample on them that's bottom line that's not the government's duty these are natural laws they come from nature and in this Bill alone, they basically said, we're going to take away that religious exemption because we don't believe that you're allowed to have that, Um, even though, again, that's not something the state can take away from you because you already have it. And they then said, well, we're going to take it all away. And then over time, if we deem that you're allowed any exemptions down the line then all of a sudden you'll have an exemption. But not until us, the all-powerful, all-knowing state, decides that these are the exemptions that you should have. Um, That's scary. And this is what happens in 2015. So this bill kind of paved the way for what's happening with this this new bill is that there's not going to be any personal belief or religious or, or any sort of exemptions because the state in this bill said We will only allow certain exemptions, right? And if we don't allow the exemptions, then you're not going to get it because we deem the exemptions, not whether there's a real legitimate medical reason, not whether there's an actual religious belief reason or a personal belief or anything like that. No, they're basically saying we get to choose the parameters of what these exemptions are. So. Again, this is what happened in 2015. While probably a lot of people weren't really paying attention, people you was kind of all quiet on the, the, the Western front rail here, you know, President Obama was still in office. Things were hunky-dory here in California, or as we thought, hunky-dory. Um, but I think there's a lot of people who are awake to this now. And this is stuff that, you know, I hope that any parent who is on this live right now or listening to this podcast later goes and talks to their representatives and says, Look, this is really bad. like the medical exemptions need to be put back in place. Religious exemptions need to be put back in place. I don't support this. The fact that you guys have taken um, all of these exemptions away from our children, away from parents to exercise on behalf of their children is frightening because, again, this uh, this is really kind of going along with what I posted about last week this idea that like the children of california don't really belong to the parents and i think a lot of politicians in california actually believe that i think a lot of parents in california actually believe their student their their, their children really are part of the village or the community and that it's the state's responsibility to tell parents how to raise their kids um and that to me is going to wake up a lot of parents that's going to be a lot appearance how can you see what your rep voted for on this bill uh well if you you gotta go to the legislative um ledge um you can follow this actually if you sign in and you have a, a you want to log in they'll give you all the updates you can get the updates of when it passes committee who voted on it and this is stuff that is out there. There's there's these tools that you can look at, and these are tools that you can have at your disposal um, and figure out you know who's voting on what? Who's voting on this bill? Did it pass committee? Did it get to the floor? Is it headed to the governor's desk? You can go to this site, it's ledge L E G Info dot gov and you can find all of these bills and the and the actual bill. So, for example, let's see. Let's look up SB eight six six. This is Senate Bill eight six six. This certainly, uh, Meyer, a minor, a twelve-year-old may con- kind an of infectious or disease communicable disease. A um, minor under twelve may consent to a vaccine that is proved by the United States. So, this is the bill. This is eight six six. And you can go through, and you can go to history, and then. I mean, it was just introduced, so it's brand new, hot off the presses. Who voted for it? Well, it's just been introduced, probably has to go through committee first, and you have to kind of see where it goes. I'm looking at it right now. But these are stuff you can do, and you can add it to your favorites and all that. And all these tools are available for you to go follow this stuff. So if you're interested in following where all these bills are going and you want to let other people know where these are going, go to that site, ledgeinfo.legislature.ca.gov. And you can put in the bill and you can follow it and you can follow that bill all the way until it gets signed and keep people apprised of it. So Dr. Richard Pan um, is terming out this year. You know, it's always interesting. You can always follow the money. And I say that because I'm looking at followthemoney.org right now. Followthemoney.org is a great site if you want to get an idea of how much a candidate people have contributed to one candidate. And it keeps track of this. It goes through all the public databases and it compiles it into one space. So you can see how many people contributed to this person, whether that person contributed to people. You can look at different organizations, who they contributed to. Um, It's it's really a comprehensive database. So if you're trying to follow like where all the money is going, go to followthemoney.org and you can follow exactly where and you can look this up. You can look up pretty much any candidate and they'll show you how much money they made in each race, how much did they raise and who gave them money. So looking at Richard Pan, you have to make sure you click on him as a candidate. Um, You can, we've done this before. If you followed this account before, um, you know that I've showed you how to go on the California secretary of state website, how to go on the FEC. There's going to be more of those videos coming up. Obviously this year, there's going to be a lot of candidates that are going to need to be vetted. Um, some sooner than later. Uh, But you can look through all this and you can look through the contributions and you can organize them by how much people gave. So in Richard Pan's uh, entire career, top donor, not surprisingly, California Democratic Party gave him $1.3 million. um, Democratic Central Committee, Los Angeles County, Central Committee, all these different things. Um, and we'll keep going down and there's some interesting ones. I mean, the unions are, are obviously Kern County, democratic central committee. I don't know why they're really interested in Sacramento, but because I guess they figure you want to be a part of his success. Uh, SEIU big union, obviously big union plumbers and pipe fitters, local four, four, seven, another union. Uh, let's see food and commercial workers, region eight golden state council. Uh, California Association of National Nurses organizing, California Medical Association. Now remember, California Medical Association loved this bill, right? California Medical Association came out and loved this bill. They said it was fantastic. Richard Pan's a great guy. Um, they've donated thirty six thousand dollars to all of his campaigns. That's a lot of money. So they gave him thirty six thousand dollars to California Medical Association, Blue Shield, Blue, Blue Cross. Gave $32,000. The Doctors Co. I don't know what the Doctors Co. is, but maybe it's a cooperative or a company. $32,000. California Federation of Teachers. $30,000. Let's see. California Association of Physicians Group. $28,000. Keep going down. Keep Abbott Laboratories. I was trying to find what they are. Probably a pharmaceutical company. $24,000. Uh, oh, look at this Johnson and Johnson, $23,000. Interesting, right? Uh, AstraZeneca, AstraZeneca is another pharmaceutical company. They gave $19,000. Keep going down. Um, Chevron, big oil gave $18,000 to a guy who's supposedly very far left and and loves new, uh, you know, new green energy. They gave $18,000. Let's see. Keep going down. Keep going down. Anthem, which is another health insurance, gave $15,000. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing a lot of health insurance, California, like medical associations and pharmaceuticals. So unions, medical associations and pharmaceuticals are giving a butt ton of money to Richard Pan. Here we go. Pfizer. He made $14,000 from Pfizer. So that's good. Novartis. $14,000 Aetna was $13,000 California association of health facilities, $12,000 farmers insurance gave $13,000 over the years. Now keep in mind that these are kind of repeated donations because there's only a certain amount you can give in a lot of these races. So to rack up this much from one donor means that these donors are giving throughout a long period, meaning they're giving, you know, it may be their max contribution over and over and over again. And it's not like they can just write one big check. They have to go through these different max contribution laws. Um, So to give like $30,000 means you've been giving a lot of money over the course of your career. It's not just one and done. It's not like they just wrote one check, which means that they believed in this candidate for many, many years. Now, is it any surprise Oh, Pharmaceutical Research Manufacturers Association of America gave thirteen thousand dollars. So, just looking at these top donors, we see a lot of the same stuff. Obviously, the Democratic Party. We see unions, um, a lot of unions. Because remember, remember the the sort of uh, symbiotic relationship that unions and the California Democrats have, which is California Democrats pass laws that benefit unions and then the unions end up turning around, donating to Democrats. And then the process starts all over or California Democrats pass laws that benefit unions. And then the unions make more money and then they turn around, donate to see this is where it goes. It's just around and around and around. That's why you could probably go through any big democratic politician and most of their big donors. One is going to be democratic party. um, But that's also a funneling way because they can then give to the democratic party. So unions give to the democratic party overall. Democratic Party then turns around and gives these different candidates, and they also give to the candidates individually. So unions are a big thing. We saw a lot of medical associations, and we saw a lot of pharmaceutical companies have been giving to Dr. Richard Pan. Now, Dr. Richard Pan's terming out. So you're probably saying, well, what's the big deal? And he's not going to get any more. Doesn't mean they're not in the pocket of somebody else. So let's look up somebody else like Scott Wiener. Let's see. Scott Wiener as a candidate. Give it a second to load. I think that says, is that his full name? Scott Wiener. Huh? Okay. They don't have Scott Wiener in there. Anyway, Scott Wiener. Oops. Spelled that wrong. Oh, here we go. Scott Wiener. Re-elect Scott Wiener for State Senate 2020. Uh 5000 dollars That's a that's a different entity. So let's see. Trying to find him as a candidate. And for some reason, it's not letting me find who it is as a candidate. Because he's not a lobbyist. So uh let's look up another one. Todd Gloria. Come on, side. Don't let me down now. Um, Todd Gloria. Let's see. Candidate for election 20, 2017. Let's see how much money Todd Gloria made. He was for assembly district. He, his last assembly district in 2018, he raised $860,000. So between two assembly races, he won, he got $860,000. I wonder if this is the mayoral one. I'm trying to find the mayoral one specifically. Um, Todd Gloria City Council. Okay, they may not have his mayoral in here, but let's just let's just take a look of top donors. California Teachers Union, 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 Plumbers and Steamfitters, Plumbers and Steamfitters. They're busy. Pechanga Band. Uh, they're big energy companies. The Doctors Co. Oh, they're back. Thirteen thousand dollars. Uh, Chevron also $12,000. So as much as they hate oil and fossil fuels, they seem to have no problem taking a lot of money from fossil fuels. Uh, California, new car car dealers. They popped up a whole bunch of times. I don't know what, what their deal is. Pacific gas and electric. They get a lot of money. They donate to these politicians who then turn around and decide the contracts of who gets these different areas. So that's always good. Um, Let's see, Gilead Sciences, uh, AstraZeneca, $6,000, $6,500, uh, SD Credit Union, Amgen, Pfizer gave $4,500. This was back in 2018. Um, so you're starting to see a a threat, right? Um, it, it, you're starting to see a common pattern of who gets supported by Democrats. So for as much as Democrats really talk about... Um, how much they're for the little guy, right? They're always for the little guy. It's always interesting to me that if you look at their top donors, they are so much in the pocket of big union. Um, and these unions don't really end up doing as much. I've heard from a lot of people who are part of, maybe they have a spouse who's in a union. Um, and at the end of the day, they they say, well, the, the union doesn't really do as much as I, we were expecting it to unions, teachers, teachers are very powerful in California. Um, pharmaceutical companies, as much as they claim they don't like pharmaceutical companies, they seem to have not have a problem taking money from these pharmaceutical companies. Um, and then fossil fuel and and big oil. Um, someone did say they do get kickbacks for green initiatives. Sure. Because they do this stuff. And then there's also the reason a lot of these companies do this stuff, these green initiatives and stuff like that is one, they get to do it as a write-off like research and development, Um, two, they get to say like in their portfolio, they get to say, we invested in this many green energy and they get to make a nice little commercial about how much they're actually doing. But in reality, the bulk of their money comes from selling oil. So as much as Chevron, you know, does maybe get a green initiative here and there at the end of the day, they're still making their money off of big oil and and fossil fuels. Um, so they may get these green initiatives, but it's really to just kind of look good and, and, make a nice little commercial and look really good about it. Um, all right. So with that said, I do want to SB eight, seven, seven. Um, oh, this is, this is something I was looking up. This is the last one I went to SB eight, seven, one, which was introduced just two days ago. If you haven't heard about eight SB eight, seven, one, uh, I'll give you the quick summary of what it says an act to amend sections one two zero three two five and one two zero three three five of and to repeal section one two three three eight of the health and safety code relating to public health. Um, basically what it's doing is that existing law proves the governing authority of a school or other institution from unconditionally admitting any person as a pupil of any public or private school or secondary school childcare, blah, 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 blah. Sounds a little very familiar to the other bill SB 277. Um, Unless prior to admission to that institution, they've been fully immunized against various diseases, including measles, mumps, pertussis, whooping cough, hepatitis B, and other disease de- deemed appropriate by the State Department of Public Health, as specified. Uh, existing law authorizes an exemption from those provisions for medical reasons. Under existing law, notwithstanding the above described prohibition, full immunization against hepatitis B is not a condition by which the Government authority admits or advances pupil to the 7th grade level public uh, or private uh, public secondary school child Sorry, I get lost. These these are really small. Um the bill would additionally prohibit prohibit the governing authority of a school or other institution from unconditionally admitting any person as a pupil of any public or private elementary or secondary schools, child care center, day nursery, nursery school, family daycare home or development center, unless prior to their admission to that institution they have been fully immunized against COVID 19. To the extent that the bill would create new duties for school districts, the bill would impose a state-mandated local program. Uh, so basically, they took away one, and now they've added COVID nineteen to the list of so all these yeah, all these immunizations. COVID nineteen is now part of that list. Diphtheria, hepatitis B, I can't even pronounce that one. Influenza type B, measles, mumps, pertussis, whooping cough, polio, pol- malite, polio, rubella, tetanus and varicola, chicken pox, and COVID-19. So that was the other bill that he introduced. Anyway, so they're pushing hard, pushing hard to get your kids vaccinated, whether you like it or not, and there's no exemption. So um, I'll open it up now for comments and questions, because I think people are probably going to have a lot of feedback on this particular, or you have a different question or something you want to um, talk about other than This bill, that's the point of this program is that you can chime in specifically about what you want to talk about, what is kind of on on your mind um, about this. Uh, Again, this is all brand new. So this is all coming out in the past week or so. It doesn't mean it's been like actually enacted into law. It still has to go through the certain committees and all that. But at the end of the day, um, you got to keep an eye on it. So it's better to stop it now when people see this rather than let it get through far into the process, which companies donate the most to Republican candidates, California Republicans. Um, I bet you it's not unions. That's for sure. Let's pick a, pick a candidate, you know, pick a candidate and we'll see, um, parents just pull your kids. We'll figure out the rest later, but for now, keep them home. Um, yeah, if you have the ability, you can certainly do that. Um, how got to IG live late. How can we stop this? Contact your rep. Even if they're a Democrat, contact them and let them know, because in a year of 2022, where there is likely going to be a big backlash against the democratic party, um, then they, there may be some who are in kind of swing districts. If remember if it's less than, if it's 10 and under, These are districts that can be winnable with the right candidate. So if it's in like a swing district, at the end of the day, there are Democrats who are in these districts and they may say, well, I'm going to back off of it. Um, So even if you have a Democrat, I I, I put this out there yesterday. I think there's still the link in my stories. You can go find it. It's like find your rep something at California. Um, Can you do an easy breakdown of what companies back the candidates? In other words, where do we find the information? Uh, it's really easy. If you want to go, you can get lost on this. If you want to nerd out on it, it's called followthemoney.org. Here. Let's see. I'll do this. If somebody wants to follow. Uh, it's hard to do. Um, Followthemoney.org. There we go. There we go. That's the, that's the website, go the and you can look up basically anybody. Um, it's a whole nonprofit. They, they have worked with open secrets. Open secrets is another great site, but they're kind of working in conjunction now. Um, so yeah, it, it's, if you're, if you're really into this stuff and you like to nerd out, and I know there's some people watching, who love to nerd out on this stuff. Like I do, uh, you can certainly go and, and see who is donating to them and kind of let people know like, hey, just give you a heads up, this person's donating to them. The other place you can always go is the California Secretary of State put in their name under the campaign financing and they'll give you the rundown of every campaign. Now, if you're familiar with some of my past videos from like two years ago, I've done this before where I've walked through candidates and said like, okay, here's your FEC filings. I can look who are your top donors. I always go through top donors because you know, those are the things you want to see, which is the big money, the big ticket. Um, but I've done it for California. I've done it for Congress as well. do you know how to find out who's on that committee? Uh, yeah, you can go to, I believe it's, you can go to California legislative information and I believe you can find it here of where you can go find who's on these committees. Yeah, I think you can, you can look up the California legislature. You can see who is on these committees. It's either that or if like you go to the assembly, California assembly. I think there's a whole page just dedicated to the California. California. Welcome to California state assembly. I don't want that. Yelp is pulling up a bunch of reviews for California burritos. I don't need a California burrito right now. Come on, duck, duck, go! I'm not looking for California burritos. It's 9 quarter to 10 in the morning. I'm not looking for that. Um, Yeah, you can go to, so if you go to assembly.ca.gov, you can just go and there's a whole committee. There's all, an absolute whole committee page and you can click on it. So let's see. Uh, human services. Is that human services is the public, public safety? I just want to make sure I pick the right one. I think this, oh, health. We'll go to health. Because a lot of this stuff is, um, the health is at 605. Probably an email. Assembly member Chad Myers. He's the vice chair. Assembly member Jim Wood. Health committee staff. Um, and you can find who's on the committee right now. So there's a lot of information. So you can, members and staff, who's on it. Yeah, they, they break it down. Members of the Committee on Health. Jim Wood, Chad Mays, Frank Bogola. It's a big... It's a, Marie Waldron, who's one Republican. One, two, three. Three Republicans and one Independent is on the Health Board. Kevin McCarthy, not the Kevin McCarthy. Brian Mineshine is on there as well. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so that's where you can... Yeah, breakfast burrito. Uh, a breakfast burrito always sounds like a good idea until you actually like go have a breakfast burrito and then you just want to like sit around and do nothing. So that's where you can go. This information is public. Like this is not like, I don't have like an inside scoop. Um, this really isn't like, I, I have some like confirme- confidential information that I cracked. I'm not like Project Veritas. This is all information that's out there and you can find it and you can contact people you can get involved and you can you can figure out where this bill is going whether it's past committee and all this stuff um but it's all out there you can find out who is donating to somebody asked where does a republican uh and i am trying to figure out like who's a good republican to use um for state like who's a good republican to use for like the state I mean, you could actually, we could do like, let's just do Larry Elder. He's not running again. So I bet you we could pull up Larry Elder as a candidate. Um, hold, please. Um, let's see. Unitemized donations for Larry Elder. So unitemized means like individual. It's $2.3 million. Uh, a lot of individuals. A lot of people giving a lot of money. These are names. I don't see like the Republican Party. Well, Republican Party didn't back anybody in the recall. So if that gives you any idea right off the bat that 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 might be out of that, you know, that may be sort of different. Um, we could also look up John Cox as well. These are a lot of names. So people who gave a lot of money. Um, okay, maybe Larry Elder's not the best option because uh, it was a lot of individual donations that lined up behind. Let's look up John Cox, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bear himself. John Cox. Is it John H. Cox? Uh, financial advisor. Lot of money. Good Lord. That's a lot of money. $20 million. He raised a total of $34 million. Oof. Let's look at his top donors. Uh, He himself, you ready for this? He himself gave $20 million to his own campaign, campaign committee, his own campaign committee. We'll do Kylie next, uh, $1.9 million, um, global income investments. Again, this is a lot of individual names, Lincoln Club of Orange County, uh, Sierra Telephone uh, names, a lot of equity groups, Strata Equity Group, uh, Farming, Rice Company, pacifica enterprises uh that's i think pacifica is a financial group so there's a lot of financial groups a lot of individuals giving a lot of money so i mean right there that's a stark contrast between like a john cox who's raised a ton of money i mean a lot of it was his own money Uh, but he ran for governor he ran for governor in 2018 if you remember he and he had the back and there's a lot a big difference california democratic party has millions of dollars to give to people like senator pan you know, when we're not talking about senator for Congress. We're talking about Senator Pan got $1.3 million for the California Democratic Party. That is an enormous amount of, of financial advantage that they can give that much money to a state senator seat. Um, and that's one issue is that when you don't have a lot of people in your party, it's hard to give out a lot of money and kind of support candidates. Uh, plenty of Republicans take big money. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not defending. I'm saying I'm out of the candidates I'm looking at right now. I haven't seen as opposed to like unions. I I mean, I haven't seen just a couple of these and you can do this for, again, if you want to go do this on your own, you're bored and you want to kind of see like what the difference is, be my guest and go right ahead. Um, someone said, put in Kevin Kylie. Do, 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 do. Kevin Kylie uh, as a candidate. Let's see who Kevin Kylie. We'll look at his top donors. Uh do, 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 do any you know he's running again for Congress. Unitemized donations 385,000. So Unai is is individual. California Association of Realtors gave him 29,000. Leadership for Educational Equity, you know, he's been a big advocate for school, AT&T $21,000. Um, Chevron, again, there, $21,000. Chevron gave him a lot of money. Um, Personal Insurance Federation of California, $21,000. Association of California School Administrators gave him $18,000. Pachanga Band, Pachanga gives everybody money. Pachanga is just all over the place. Farmers Insurance gave him $16,000. Um, Associated Builders and Contractors Northern California Chapter gave him $14,000. California society. of Plastic surgeons gave him $14,000. California new car dealers association. They're just everywhere, man. They're just, they're, they're everywhere. Philip Morris gave him $13,000. That's interesting. I didn't even know Philip Morris was still actually that big of a deal. Uh, Yes. Medical care gave him $12,000. Um, Southern wine and spirits. They gave money to somebody else too uh more indian tribes california association of health facilities twelve thousand dollars california compensation defense attorneys association eleven thousand dollars western manufactured housing community P G E gave him ten thousand dollars um boo, 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 boo. charter communications gave him nine thousand dollars uh so there's a lot of big governed california i don't know what that is eight thousand almost nine thousand dollars Uh, California Association of Hospitals and Health Systems. So there's a lot of special interests in there. I mean, there's associations, there's big companies in here for Kevin Kiley. It's not all individual donors. A big majority of it, well, not even that, 385,000 out of all these other... There's a lot of people who do donate individually, but unitemized is a lot of different... A lot of different people, small donors. So, you can do this. Um... And if you've tuned in, this is your first time, I I skewer both the left and the right. So um, I think there's a lot of work to be done on both sides. I think they're both not doing their job. And if you know anything about me, you know that I I skewer both of them. In fact, I probably spent a lot of time skewering the GOP more than anything. Um, But today's sort of show was all about Richard Pan and this horrible bill that's trying to make its way through. All right, so we got about eight minutes left. I do have to do a hard stop at 10 because... Um, I do have a a bunch of work to get to today, uh, which is good. It's good to be busy. It's good to have a lot of work to get to. If anybody has any final comments, questions, stuff like that. Um, I guess at the beginning, I was thinking of doing some sort of virtual event for Cal, the next Calipublican thing. So people can get to know it. Also, if you want to go check out the platform and sign up for email updates here, I'll put the the link in for the site. Um, do, 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 do. I'll do that. Go check it out. It's live. It just went live this week, Um, You can check out the platform and our values, um, what we stand for. You can sign up for emails and what our goals are and stuff like that. I mean, it's a brand new site. So, you know, take, take that into consideration. We're still kind of getting it out there, but you have to have a website. How will they enforce these bills for private schools that don't accept federal or state money? Um, I'm sure there's some mechanism. I mean, I'm not completely sure about the structure, um, but, uh, you know, I, I, am not sure there might be some sort of authority they have over it. You might have to get like a letter for, from private, you know, it's one of those things where like the, de- you may be private, but the department of education does have to give you like a stamp of approval. Um, I'm always so calm. I, I follow politics for a long time and I've noticed there's peaks, there's valleys, and it's, it's a long game. It's, it's not, you know, if we, if every day I woke up hair on fire, crazy, uh, I would lose my mind. So I try and stay as calm as possible. I try to stay as positive as possible. Um, that's my goal. Um, and thank you everybody who always tunes in. Scott Pressler is coming to San Diego in February. You should have him on. Uh, I don't know if he'd come on, but um, I should reach out to him to see uh, if he would like to come on or not come on. Um, I just kind of talk about strategy and stuff like that. Is your name Phil? Yes, my name is Phil. It's not California Underground. My full name is not California Underground. Um, So yeah, I, I should reach out to him because I think it's looking at these numbers and seeing how a lot of, uh, like, you know, Democrats have a lot of voters. They have a lot of registered voters. The unions help. Uh, They certainly help when it comes to money and donations. And um, when you have a lot of people supporting you, it's a lot easier to give $1.3 million um, to a state senator. And when you have someone who's a state senator who's trying to run against that person, it's not easy to do when that person gets a crap ton of money from the Democrat party and there's nothing you can really do. So it is a numbers game. I know a lot of people talk about, well, it's all voter fraud and mail-in ballots and stuff like that. Oh man, it's not great. But at the end of the day, if you're going up into battle and you're constantly outnumbered two to one, there's not a lot of chance you're going to keep winning because you're just completely outnumbered all the time. And until there's a better platform and people start to sign up for it and support it and get on board there's not going to be much people are going to do about it so uh justice steven Breyer is retiring oh i didn't hear that wow probably i mean which is a shame because i like briar Breyer. Breyer is kind of a moderate he leans left but he, he's a he's a decent guy uh briar i've read a lot of opinions by him um through law school and stuff like that he always seemed like a pretty decent guy he always he leans left they say he's on the liberal court um but i always thought he was sort of like kind of a swing you never know where Breyer was gonna go that's a shame he was he's a very principled guy um forever grateful that i learned about your ip page it has been so informative over the last couple of years i learned so much i didn't know about how politics works Are oh, you're very welcome thank you for um tuning in and joining me on wednesday morning um you know, the greatest compliment I ever get, and I'm going to get a little mushy right now, is when people message me and say, your platform gives me hope. You know, that 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 is always to me the, the greatest compliment that anyone pays me is that if I could reach just a couple people and all of a sudden give them hope that things are going to get better and that they can be a part of this and do something about it. Then I I feel like I've done my job and that, that re-energizes me. It revitalizes me. I I get all excited about it. I love it. Um, so that's the best compliment that somebody can send me is that, Hey, you, you give me hope that I can be a part of this and change things. Um, whether it's locally or on the state level or whatever. So that's really, um, that's always nice to hear. And that's, that's my being a little bit of being a little mushy. Um, and, uh, you know, it's nice to sit and chat with you guys on Wednesday morning. All right. So tomorrow afternoon, four o'clock, Denmark, no longer considering the uh, public threat. All mandates got Europe is basically just like we're open. Screw it. We're, we're going for it. We're just going to let it rip. You know, we're just going to go for it. I, you know, I don't know when America is going to kind of get on board, but we'll see. I think there's a lot of people who are still holding on because they like the power um i feel less isolated this platform using hope i feel less isolated oh that was a good one um oh, this and that people still share the same values as i yeah that was actually you you nailed it that's one of the reasons i started this platform was because it does feel like you can be sort of all alone in california when you believe stuff like this so it's nice and that was the point of this platform that's the point of this daily morning routine Or this weekly routine is that you can kind of look and see, hey, there's other people who agree with me and and believe in this stuff. And there's a lot of people who agree with me. Um, So I don't feel so alone. And if you don't feel so alone, you have a little bit more hope that things could turn around. Not sure if there's been mentioned the precincts or county and start sending out email service for the election in June to get poll workers. Um, I haven't. But if you're interested in becoming a poll worker, absolutely go for it. And you have the time to do it. You know, it, it does make a difference. You know, if you see something, Italy is insane. I, you know, it's sad. We wanted to travel to Italy. Um, We wanted to travel to Italy two years ago. We had, we were planning a whole European trip right before everything, you know, crap hit the fan. Um, we were planning this whole European trip. We were going to go to Italy and Ireland and all that. And then COVID happened and we haven't come, you know, we haven't even discussed it really. We've basically been like, well, we want to go when we don't have to worry about, do you have this card? Do you have this passport? Do you have this? Do you have a mask on? Do you, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. So, um, but anyway, yeah, tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock, we're going to have Cole Bracato on the podcast, uh, 4 PM on YouTube. So if you don't follow on YouTube, that's where all the podcasts are, um, Steak for breakfast podcast is good to listen to for election strategies. I'll check them out. Yeah, thank you. I'm always checking out new podcasts. So uh, I always, I listen to a lot of podcasts when I go to the gym. Um, but yeah, tomorrow, four o'clock, tune in. Uh, it will be a good combo with him about his run for assembly. And then next week, uh, Mark Mauser's is coming on. He's going to be running for U.S. Senate. And uh, as always, every Wednesday, 9 a.m., we always sit, we chat, and we talk about politics over coffee. And um, that's basically it. All right. I will catch you guys on the next one. Later.